Hey, everybody. Welcome to Making Sense with Dustin LaMontagne from Research Capital. My name is Bryn Griffiths, and Dustin joins us. How you doing? Hey, real good, Bryn. How's yourself? Great. Hey, a question I've had for you is, do you like borrowing to invest? Uh, I do. In fact, I, I've been doing it for, you know, 20 years. Um, and, and, you know, when, when you talk about borrowing to invest, uh, you really have to... Um, define what that is because there's, there's different types. So uh, I think most people think when, when they think of uh, borrowing to invest, they think about, uh, you know, margining in a, in a brokerage account and um, you know, they, they run, run screaming away because they, they've heard all the horror stories of of how much risk that can encounter. But when I talk about uh, borrowing to invest with, with my clients, I'm typically talking about um, using, uh, you know, tax deductible debt, uh, you know, pr- usually it's on a, on a person's primary residence um, to, to basically enhance your wealth. And what I'm talking about is, you know, there's, there's people that have significant equity sitting in um, their properties. Um, you know, you might have a house worth 500000 with a $100,000 mortgage at 3% and uh, you're paying that down, which is fine. Yep. The problem is you got $400,000 in equity that's maybe growing with, with, uh, you know, the, the cost of living, which, which used to be two, 3%. I mean, inflation has, uh, has crept up, uh, reared its ugly head lately. Um, and, and property values have, have increased a little bit, but, um, typically a, a house in Canada has averaged about inflation in most markets, you know, notwithstanding these, these recent run-ups in Toronto, um, and, and Vancouver has always been a different animal because of the, the Asian uh, investment right. and the fact they're, they're boxed in by the mountains and the ocean. So, um, but when, when you're talking about long-term considerations, I, I do view, you know, house equity is pretty dead money because uh, a it's illiquid um, and B it doesn't grow at a high rate of return. Right. Um, you know, it'll go through spurts. Don't get me wrong. Where where uh, real estate will do really well, and then it'll be flat for ten years. And the last period I can remember doing well in Alberta was from about '03 to '07, uh, when property values essentially doubled, and they they've gone up maybe ten percent since uh, uh, 2007. So you're talking about a 15 year period where um, you know houses probably have only increased maybe one to two percent on average. Um, which again is, is not too far off what inflation, uh, has been notwithstanding the last couple of years. So, so that's a saw off is what it is. You're not really, you're not gaining any ground doing that. Exactly. And if you own your home, you're going to participate in that, uh, bump up in, uh, in property prices, regardless of whether you have a mortgage on it or not. So typically when I talk about borrowing to invest, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking for, for, four uh, consistent factors. I'm, I'm talking to clients that would have a uh, fairly high rate of risk tolerance because the types of investments you need to uh, facilitate this type of strategy are equity-based and do from time to time fluctuate. Okay. And from time to time, I mean every single day. Mm-hmm. So um, the other thing that uh, has to be consistent is uh, a client has to have a uh, cash flow. If you're considering a consideration like this, or uh, sorry, if you're considering a strategy such as this, you need to be able to uh, facilitate the payment on the debt. Okay, whether that's a line of credit or or a mortgage that you get on on the property. Uh, third thing is interest rates. 
Um, if interest rates were quite a bit higher than they are now, the strategy doesn't work as well. But in a sub, I would call it a sub 5% interest rate environment, um, the the strategy works very well. In sub 3%, which we've been in for quite a long time, it's a fantastic strategy. And the reason being is because the, the fourth con- consi- consistency needs to be rate of return. So you absolutely need to get a higher rate of return than you're paying on the, the debt that you're borrowing. And that, you know, any logical person can figure that out, goes without saying, but um, it is important because uh, in this current environment, I can find very good uh, just dividend yields on common shares, such as, uh, you know, TELUS, uh, Bell Canada, uh, Manulife, CIBC, Bank of Nova Scotia, any of the pipelines like Enbridge or TransCanada. I, I can build somebody a portfolio right now on a fairly conservative basis that has, uh, you know, five to six percent dividend yield. So if you're getting that sort of income and you're only paying three uh, percent on the other side of the equation, uh, it, it's almost uh, like you're making arbitrage profits. You know, it's one of the first concepts they told us in business school is if you can make uh, an arbitrage profit, which is a profit with no risk. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's the holy grail, right? In investing. So typically, the way these strategies work is we use a very simple example. So let's say you're you're a homeowner, you you have a house that's free and clear, it, it's paid for, you don't have a mortgage, but um, you're very house rich and you're cash poor. So right. the, the bulk of your net worth is tied up in this in, in this property which is fantastic. Good, good on you for paying off your house, but you've got debt equity. That's not really working for you all that well. So what, what I'll get a client to do is I might get them to borrow a hundred thousand dollars, take it out over a 25 year mortgage at a nice low fixed rate, call it 3%. And then we'll take that hundred thousand and we'll put it into a portfolio of uh, dividend paying stocks. Okay. Now the, the reason this strategy works so well is that when you borrow to invest, the government says, as long as that investment has the chance to make a gain or income, your uh, interest on that debt now becomes tax deductible. Okay. So your net cost, let's say you're in a high tax bracket and you're paying 3% interest, you get 40% of that back. Or if you're in a really high tax bracket, almost 50% of it back as a tax deduction. In, in the form of an, an interest uh, expense. So your 3%, if you're at a close to 50% tax rate, your net cost of borrowing is just over one and a half, okay, on a net basis after you take into account the, the tax deduction. So as you can see, we can get the cost of borrowing down to an extremely low level. And then on the other side, if you can earn you know, tax, uh, tax deferred capital growth with some dividends mixed in and get a, you know, eight to 10% return. Um, you can really, uh, see where this is going. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can, you can make a very considerable rate of return using that house equity. Plus you get to participate in the growth of the, the property value because you still own the property. Yeah. So, uh, all borrowing to invest from, from my definition is, uh, just turning, you know, debt equity into something that's going to grow a little more efficiently for you. Tax considerations are always a big thing though, right? For a lot of people. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing I should mention as well. If you, if you borrow to invest and you're, you're sticking the money into, uh, you know, a tax-free savings account or an RSP, right. the government doesn't let you deduct that, uh, that gain because they're saying the shelters already provide you, yeah. um, 
you know, compounded tax-free growth. So uh, it has to go into a non-registered account. And that, that's simply, uh, you know, just a traditional investment account that um, you would have to pay the tax on. So in terms of tax considerations, we, we tr- really try and be efficient in the type of income we're generating with, with borrowed money. We want capital growth as much as possible because uh, capital gains, you get to defer tax. So the longer you get to compound the money in your pocket, the more valuable it is. Somebody wants to talk to you about borrowing to invest. How do they get a hold of you? Hey, you can give me a call on my uh, cell phone, 780-905-7729, or uh, my email is dlamontang at researchcapital.com. Dustin, thanks for your time today. Thank you, Brent. And thanks for everybody for listening to Making Sense. Have yourself a great day. 